Welcome to Momo's Bookcase, a podcast where we dive into the books from our childhood and see if they still hold up today. Our guest on this episode is Todd Page. Todd is an improviser at Malarkey Theater in Chicago and in his free time runs fandom conventions. He loves YA fantasy and anything with gay characters. Enjoy. Good morning, Todd. It's still morning. We can say yeah, that. Yeah, it's morning time. <laughs> We're up on a, a Sunday. Not too early. Talk about some books. So I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. So uh, let's kick off like we always do on the pod. Um, what are you currently reading? Yeah. Uh, so I am. I have a new rule for myself, which is uh, only read books I want to read. Um, Love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a while there, I was trying to buy a lot of like deep, heavy, like, you know, literature. And I just got bored and like never finished them. Uh, and so now I'm trying to buy stuff that is uh, or, you know, go to the library for stuff. That is still, it touches on important topics, but also is stuff I want to read and I'm excited about, um, which is largely YA fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just finished a book called Lobozonia, uh, which is um, a book about a werewolf. Uh, it's also in the magical school vein. Okay. Um, and it's a very, very, very thinly uh masked metaphor for immigration um and the fact that they talk about that a good deal in the book as well um it's about an argentinian woman who's like discovering her culture but also um dealing with ice in a very real way yeah Uh, Yeah. and i really enjoyed that and now i'm on the threads that bind which is also a ya book about basically um greek mythos carried into modern and dystopian area i feel like i've heard of that one and i don't know who i talked to about that both those sound great i love that yeah yeah um i am reading so i should take a page out of your book um (laughs) and only read things that i want to read but the problem is sometimes i get gifted books and then i i ask for things and maybe they're not what i wanted either way i end up buying books and not finishing them which is you've heard on this pod before um but i just bought and i do want to start using the library more often um just so they know that i support them but also so i don't spend money on books on books yeah (laughs) yeah it gets expensive and the library it turns out is free it is free even (laughs) if you hold the book for too long yeah and they give you a fine if you return it it's still free. It's still free. So, <laughs> um, so that's what I'm gonna start doing. But I want to be one of those people who reads a book when it comes out. So then, um, mm. Goodreads has this voting thing where you can vote on the best books of the year, and I can only ever vote on the kids' books because those are the ones that I read. you've read all. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I just got this book called I think it's called uh, Banyan Moon. Uh which it was in bookshop.org does a good job of just like luring me in to buy books but um the description is a sweeping evocative debut novel following three generations of vietnamese american women revealing the family's inherited burdens buried secrets and unlikely love stories um and so far i really like it um 
I'm really, I'm only like maybe 30 pages in, but I'm really enjoying um, the prose of this. So that yeah. sounds lovely. Yeah. Um, like, also, the cover is pretty. I love nice cover art. So. It's, it's goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it here too. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, I have it if you want to borrow it after. Um, <laughs> I need to return your your book lovers too. So. Oh yes, did you like that? Did you finish? It? Uh, I have not read it yet. I'm getting through this one, and it's my next to read. Perfect. Let's go on right. a vacation with me. Yeah, it's a perfect vacation book. So that's great. Uh, lovely. All right, so we're here to talk about other books. Yeah. We got a topic for this podcast, Todd. What book did you bring us today? It's Redwall. Uh, it is. For anyone not familiar, it is, I would say, YA. Um, yes. Uh, fantasy uh, based in, like, it's kind of got a Game of Thrones for kids vibe. Yep. Um, and it's, but it's all animals. It's all, they're all critters. The main characters are mostly mice uh, and some squirrels and and rats, etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a whole bunch of European creatures, basically. Yeah, I guess they are all, like, british <laughs> yeah the author is from britain yeah. um so it makes sense but yeah they all live in this abbey in the middle of Mossflower woods uh and they then there is a, a rat that comes upon them Clooney the scourge he is bad news uh and he basically tries to take he makes it his sole goal to take over the abbey and the book is about uh learning what it means to be a hero Mm-hmm. And um, also, I think community coming together to take care of situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a very clear uh, good versus evil storyline. Very big good versus very evil. Clear. Yeah, and I will say uh, he loves that theme. <laughs> all yeah. of the all of these books are, and also <laughs> I think there's like three times in the book where it's like a separate path that's like still good versus evil, just in a different way. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, and maybe. This evil is actually good. You didn't know. They just didn't mm, wow. know how to work together. Yeah. Give them a chance. <laughs> uh, so what are your memories of this book? Uh, this book was big for me. I started reading. I was always a big reader as a kid. Uh, and I got into this series around the time that I was sent to a new school that I did not want to go to. Okay. Um, and so I kind of associate with like escape around that time, which I really needed. Uh, it's also um, just who I am. Animals are something that really tie me into books and animal people in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like everything I needed at that time. I feel like it's also a really good stepping stone for like more fantasy books. Um, a lot of like YA fantasy is very... Um, safe and it's not that red is dangerous per se but they don't he does the body count is there's some violence yeah Yeah. it is about a war essentially so yeah Yeah. 100 yeah yeah uh but i remember reading it in like classrooms or you know at home in the bed and just uh i devoured the entire series Mm -hmm. uh i I had like all of them both paperback and hardcover because i could have been like book sales or like yard sales or whatever i read them over and over again I love that. Yeah, I should say, well, I, um, I'll i share my memories and then I'll give you, give some like general details about the Redwall series. Um, yeah. This is the first time I read this book. Um, I 
this was popular among some of the boys in my class in middle school. I think my friend Matthias actually read this book uh, because I don't think there are a lot of books with the protag named Matthias. Matthias, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember, like, it was a really fat copy of the book. I think maybe the font was bigger. And mm-hmm. it was, like, beat up and worn and well-loved and kind of passed around. Um, but I think at the time they were reading this, I was not into fantasy yet. And so I didn't give it up. I was really into those uh, historical girl books. Not oh, American yeah. Girl, where there's, like, diaries from, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really into those for me. I love it. Uh... <laughs> So I didn't, I, this is the first time reading it. So I, I have like a lot of questions uh, <laughs> about. I think that's right. About this world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into like discussion of the book. So this book, um, Redwall is the first in the series and is also the name of the series, which is confusing because this book has like three quote unquote books in it as mm-hmm. like they break it up. So I was like, is it all the books? It's just one book uh, published in 1986. So that's really cool to see if this holds up you know, yeah. our age later. So, uh, <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> there's uh, an animated series named after three of the books, Redwall Matimo, which I think is the name of. Matimo. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, their son uh, and Martin, the warrior seasons mm-hmm. one, two and three. There's yep. also a musical. Did you know there's a musical? I have heard uh, bits and pieces, but I don't know the details. <laughs> I really want to find it though. I want to find uh, the cast album so bad. Yeah. I'm so intrigued. Um, there is possibly a full length feature coming from Netflix, which I'm hype about. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It's being written by, if anyone's familiar with Over the Garden Wall, which is an, an excellent miniseries everyone should watch, um, it's being written and produced by the same people. Yeah. Amazing. I'm excited. Um, it's exciting. So, I mean, obviously, there's a writer's track and things going on, so we don't know. But the script is apparently finished, so that's exciting. Um, and there are 22 books in the whole series, not including, there's like two picture books and maybe also some audiobooks, um, which is exciting. And this has been compared to Lord of the Rings and Watership Down, which I would agree from what I know. Yeah. 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 Um, let's dive into the book. Okay. My first question, and we talked about this, is how big are these animals? <laughs> Yeah, the scale of this world is a little confusing. <laughs> like, uh, we know that the badgers are bigger than the mice, but like they also still have to fit in the abbey because they live in the abbey. So, but they have an abbey. There's a quarry. There's a yeah. quarry that they dug stones out to build this abbey. Okay, how big is the abbey? Because in my head, I'm seeing like a normal size abbey. Yeah, but also there's a horse drawn cart. Yeah, like, and it seems like the horse is the, is the size of horse. Right. They, like, from the book, because it tramples some rats. Yes. It seems the horse is horse-sized. There's no, I don't believe there's ever any evidence that humans exist in this world. No. Um. So, <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> what is the scale? I. It, it feels like, it feels not unlike Cats the movie, where, like, they also had comparative issues with, like, a cat-sized bar, but also... We live with humans. So that was, yeah. in my head, they're all, like, human-sized or bigger animals. And yeah, maybe if humans don't exist, that could be a thing. I think there are, like, three size scales in the world. There's, like, one that's horse, 
Yes. Uh, there is a really large one that's like mouse to rat, and and rabbits for some reason fit inside the same sky scale as mouse and rats. Mm-hmm. Like they're in the same zone, except uh, for Basil hair. Is Basil bigger? Yeah, Basil apparently is like it's huge. Huge. Like, right. He's so big and he eats so much. I was like, all right. The rat, the hares all eat a lot in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> you meet a lot more hares later on, and they're all about food. Um, also, every character has a, their own little weird accent. Every like yeah. brother that is impossible to read. The moles. The moles. The moles. Their accent. They're like country moles, so like their yeah. accents like even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the third one? You said horse. You said rabbit. Oh, mice. And then, uh, and then there's like the badger in between zone, which is like yeah. they're they're a lot bigger, but like they still fit in the space of the mice. So they can't be like actual badger scale bigger i really saw constant uh because constant is the badger and this mm-hmm. i really saw her as like almost like andre the giant size proportion i love like, that <laughs> just like big and burly and like fighting for her community like that's really like where i saw her um yeah i just cause i could not wrap my mind around the scale there's a oh. lot of stuff that as a kid you let go in terms of the world yes <laughs> Yes, and as an adult, I'm like, but that doesn't make sense to me. No, hold on. <laughs> I was like, because they also have, like, they have, like, meals and dinners and drink, like, their ale out of, like, an acorn cup. And I'm like, okay, but now they're acorn. I <laughs> so... Acorn's the human-sized acorn? Right, yeah. <laughs> or do they have one sip at a time and they're like, I'm good. Right, I just, that was the one thing that, like, every time something happened, I was like, is this? Yeah, there's a big moment involving a snake, and I'm like, but the sword has to be rat's mouse sized. Right. But how does it so how do we yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) I the scale doesn't match from thing to thing. And that's okay. I think for my brain, I'm just gonna assume everyone is like human sized. Yeah. Or at least a singular exception of the horse. Yeah. I think like everything is within a certain scale except for creatures that are specifically called out as not within that scale. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> yes. So the horse is bigger than everything else. Yeah. And then everything else in my head, they're just bigger in this world. So like I also feel like since it's his first book in the series and also the horse is like very close to the beginning. I think he was like, yeah, they're all like normal size. And then he went on and he was like, hold on, there's a badger. So maybe we'll just figure this out as we go. <laughs> Because we, we meet uh, Clooney. I've never said it out loud. Clooney, Clooney the Scour, yeah. Yeah, like he's the obvious villain of the piece. And we meet him on this um, horse-drawn cart with all, like, his him and his cronies rolling to town. Mm-hmm. So you know the rat is bigger. He's a bigger rat than everyone has ever yes. seen. And I think his, also his rat friends are also bigger than anyone has seen. But also they're driving... A horse. This, car, this horse. Yeah, they're just riding this horse cart. We like uh, never see again. Which is I good. also love when we meet Clooney for the first time. They're like, this guy's the fucking villain. And the oh, sorry. They're like, this guy's the villain. Uh, and the way you know they're the villain is he immediately kills someone. Yeah. <laughs> I think his entrance, like somebody died. Yeah, someone gets like trampled underneath. Yeah, he makes them bite the horse to make the horse go, and then yes. the horse tramples them. And it's like, okay, we get it. This guy is not a friend. A friend. No, not a friend. He's got like a uh, one eye, and he's wearing mm-hmm. um an eye patch. He's got a super long tail, and the tail gets a little barbed tip. 
mm-hmm. is poisoned in battle. Yeah. yeah. And he uses it exactly once. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there are very clear lines of like good and evil in this yeah. book. Um, uh, which, sorry, this is all tangential. Feel free to, to corral me elsewhere. Um, but uh, I will say one of the problems with the Rebel series is okay. that good and evil line along species. Um, it's yeah. a little racist in a sense. Um, there, yeah, there were a couple times in this book where certain things were said, and I was like, ah, yeah, ah, the, no. <laughs> there's big all rats slash stoats slash ferrets are evil energy. Yeah, uh, and there's even a book later in the series called The Outcast of Redwall, where uh, it's either a ferret or a stoat, like goes to live in Redwall and like is like, you know, raised to be good and whatever, but then turns out evil because they're just evil. And it's just like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I will say some of the reading I did before there's a little little Googling. That's like one of the things he gets called out for. Brian Jacques. Brian Jacques. Um, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is that the it's like it's too simple of a line of good and evil. Like there's no chance for people to redeem themselves all the time. Like they're always evil. They're always good. I think in this book we had groups that we thought might have been evil, but we just didn't understand them, which is different. Yeah. But like those people are always evil and there's never a chance to like which I I don't love, but I guess if you are a kid, I don't know, uh, maybe just like learning these things. I don't know if that's good or bad if it's too simple. Yeah. I'm not willing to excuse it, but I'm willing to read past it in sure. this situation. Yeah. Um it's not cute <laughs> yeah yeah and it's not as prevalent in this one but i guess yeah it's you read on yeah yeah there's like one like a lot of times it's like this book where it's like they're all evil or whatever but the outcast from a ball in particular is like this guy had every opportunity to be good but he's bad because he's like he's a species that's evil. bad yeah it's like was he born wicked or did he have wickedness thrust upon, thrust him? upon him yeah and brian's saying they're born wicked and the rest yeah is- the rest is drag. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I was gonna say, do you have a point? I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna keep going, but I want to give you a chance. Do you have a point you want to bring up? Uh, past the good and evil, or I can keep going with my my thoughts before we. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that because I think it's worth acknowledging. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I agree. Um, I also want to give a shout out because I was reading it. Um, and how. He this came out in eighty six, right? So mm-hmm. we're still um I mean we're still dealing with a lot of gender stuff, but I loved how strong the female characters were in this book and how like they were given like depth and like growth and all like all like like Jess Squirrel is my, I think my favorite character. They kept calling her Mrs. Squirrel. She's like, I'm sorry, it's Jess. And I was like, Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, it is Jess. Oh, so right? good. It was so like all I love all the female characters. Um so and they're so strong. I guess this is a story about uh Matthias and uh this war with the rats and yeah, and like he's like trying to find the sword, but like I love the other like characters that are not like the main characters, quote unquote, of this book. Um, yeah. I-, I feel like they all also the like all the female characters have a big hero moment. Yes. Like, Jess has the, the the tower thing and Cornflower has also has a tower thing. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Constance says a lot. She does, and it's like they're all like, and they're like not doing it with help. They're doing it on their own and like handling yeah. the situation. Uh, I also think like Matthias is quote unquote the main character, but also like he doesn't do a lot to help. No, he's gone for a lot of the book. He, he does a lot of like journeying, hero's journey stuff to try and like solve riddles. Um, but yeah, the female characters in this are great. There's also a character that's like basically blind that accomplishes a lot. Yeah. Um, is that Methuselah? Yeah. 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 Is that right? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um. No. I. Yeah. It really is. I guess like my cover, it's him with like the, the sword and shield of um, Redwall. Yeah. 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 Mm. Hmm. Um. But it really is like he is gone most of the book because he goes yeah. off to look for look for the sword and then it's not in the sword so he ends up getting captured by the sparrows who we think were evil but actually it's just like the king and again yeah, the king's just crazy uh the two female sparrows that help him like get out of there again yeah. saving the day maybe it is really about and the glossom leader is also a woman who yeah. less saves the day um I really I, I, yeah i think there's a, that's a really great point there's a lot of like really powerful female characters in this. And I think that contributes in the series as well. Um, I love that. There are definitely, uh, I don't think we encountered any otters in this uh, book, but otters were my favorite species for a long time because they're basically the dogs of the series. Yeah. Um, I think one is mentioned like toward the end of this this book, mm. but not, yeah, not featured. Um, you mentioned the uh, like sword finding. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to touch one of the things I like about this that I liked as a kid a lot is that like it has a certain Indiana Jones element. Of yeah. like there's a lot of like riddles that are like um not too complicated, uh, but like are like fun and have like several pieces to solve and end up going on adventures like to the caverns or mm-hmm. outside of the abbey, even, which I think is a fun adventure element. Yeah. I do like that. And I think that if we yeah, and also like <laughs> You kind of had to do it, or the book will be over it <laughs> so like fast. Like, so oh, fast. No. Yeah, I found the sword. Here's the, the shield. end. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, I love how because this book has such a slow start, it's so slow, it's painful. Um, it is, and I kudos to you as a kid because if I had read that as a kid, I'd be like, it's over, I'm not reading this anymore um <laughs> but it's not unlike how pride and prejudice starts it's like the first 30 pages they're just describing it's the peace times yeah. yeah it's just you like, gotta yeah. show how good it is and how peaceful it is so that yeah. you know when things are bad how bad it looks it true. Feels. yeah we're setting the scene how terrible everything is going to be when this yeah. uh, rat comes to town um and you almost think that um constance is like this old doddering woman the way he kind of sets the scene until you realize how much of like a battle axe fighter she is, which I and that's kind of I was kind of like oh okay, and then as we peel like I was like oh no, all of these like female characters are so cool. I I I love I, it's from eighty six, so I just wasn't expecting yeah to have such strong characters in this book that clearly looks like it's about a boy mouse, so that's why. Yeah, that just kind of struck me yeah. as lovely. I think that's a really great point. <clears throat> Sorry. <You> okay. <laughs> it's 
I had a little cough that destroyed me. Came out you of nowhere. Break? Yeah, have some water. It's okay. <laughs> Take a minute. <sighs> you ever breathe wrong? Yeah, all the time. I had a really bad drinking problem for a while where I just couldn't swallow water properly and just would choke. I don't know what that was. It was awful. I figured it out. <laughs> all right, I'm good. Okay, great. <laughs> um, should we talk about Clooney? Yeah, let's talk about Clooney. He's a bad boy who doesn't follow the rules. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Normally, um, with evil characters, there's some redeeming quality. And for him, there are none. Yeah, again, that good and evil thing is very much a, like, you're good or you're evil. <laughs> Clooney is evil. Evil. Who's constantly throwing people, like, to literal death, just being like, okay, great. This serves my purpose, so bye. I, so, I, we're kind of, like, he's, like, prepping for a war the whole time. Yeah. Um, it keeps getting foiled. I was kind of hoping that war would never come actually like to Redwall, but it does happen eventually. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> the amount of like people who died or critters that died on his side is wild to me. Like, and like he just hundreds. kept going. Like hundreds. Yeah. Like, because uh, Redwall, um, they're a very peaceful uh, people, except yeah. for like when people attack them, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they did use a lot of ways, I guess, to hurt them that weren't, I guess, like, non-violent violence is not really I mean, thing, until but... the last fight, they don't really use violence. They, like, use olive oil and, like, and hot uh, water like and, destroying and their methods and stuff like that. Like, it's a lot of, like, send them back. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I just was thinking about how they like set a hornet's nest on Clooney's people. Yeah. Um. So when the the battle tower got set on fire, Cornflower did that accidentally, but like turned out to be a great move. And he was like trying to shove people up the burning tower, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, yo, like, <laughs> why are you still doing this?" You're I just... yeah. <laughs> he's not just okay. evil; he's also a bad tactician. Like... Yes. At a certain point, my guy, you have to, like, you've already taken over a church nearby. Just stay there. Right? Like, why do you need this abbey? You could have just been, like, the bad guys in this church and you run your little part of the world. And I'm sure Mossflower, you know, Woods would have known to stay away from you. But Redwell would have been like, cool, we're not going to, like, bother you. We get that you're not good people, but we're also not going to come fight you. But, no, yeah. he, like, ugh. He's yeah, not a nice guy. No, not would not be friends with. Uh, I and agree. I think like that's friends. like the Game of Thrones that a little bit for me is in this is like uh like he's just willing to do anything, uh blindly, yeah. uh and like very maliciously and violently. Do we ever learn why he decided to come to Redwall? Oh, was it the dream of um? Of the mouse. I think he had the dream about Martin after he started the siege. Okay. Um, I think he just saw it and was like, yeah, this looks rad. I want this. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, not cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... 
what a wild wild man um so unredeemable and like all the villains are like that and like all the like you know there are rats that like seem like they might be good and they're not good um the foxes kind of live in between in this one yeah they because is it chicken bone chicken bone and then the mom is like celeste or something Sella. yeah kind of like go between they're kind of like doing it for themselves they're like we're gonna be on whatever side wins yeah it's very much that like dystopian there's always like in dystopian universes that character that's like i'm on my own side it's like benny from the mummy yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) uh how many episodes have you worked the mummy into i was gonna say uh at least two okay at least good important excellent maybe this is what i do uh no (laughs) (laughs) um so then martin the warrior Mm -hmm. is an interesting character because he appears to both sides Um, yeah he appears in like a nightmare to Clooney, mm -hmm. uh and uh he appears in a dream to matthias Mm -hmm. um he is like you, you yeah in the third book uh you see the backstory of of Martin and why he is yeah. the hero of Redwall um but uh and also why his various items are scattered around uh yeah, yeah cuz I realize uh, that there are so many books in the series but they don't flow in chronological order not at all <laughs> so like they kind of they jump around from time to time so that yeah and they don't all deal with Redwall Abbey either um, oh, okay. The book, the the world is is pretty vast, uh, and the, most of the badgers and hares live in like a volcano called Salamandastron on like wow. the other side of the continent, um, <clears throat> where they forge weapons. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. Um, we did an episode about Alana and the Turtle Realm, and I was gonna say I love a fantasy novel with a good map and so mine has a good map in the, the oh yeah. yeah 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 uh, it's a big world and i also like uh i probably should have done this in the um memories section but i so around the time that i uh shortly after i got into the series i found this thing called the Redwall muck which is a multi-user chat kingdom oh. uh, and so it's basically online role-playing but like just text and so okay. someone had taken the world of Moss Flower and Southern Monastron, et cetera, and converted it all to a map you could move around using text. So you could go north and south on the Great Road, you could go to Redowall, through the plains, Southern Monastron, whatever. Wow. And you made your character, again, all text. Uh, mine was an otter named Mudslide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, everyone would just like walk around this world and then role play with each other as whatever animals they were, good or bad or whatever. It was so... I mean, looking back, extremely cringe. Great news. I do have a whole binder of all my logs. Not my a day. binder. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I found in the attic and a binder of a bunch of my favorite role-playing sessions from the... Wow. So you you were all in. On I these was very books. in. Okay. Okay. Great. No, it's great. It's so cringe now, but it, it was uh, big for me in middle school. 
I mean, we were all doing our best to just survive middle school. So yeah, uh, whatever, whatever it takes. Do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad we get to know about why Martin was like the one mouse warrior, the hero, and yeah, and all of Redwall with the one sword. Yeah. Uh, it's not even like a magic sword. It's just like the sword. Just, yeah, it's just the sword that happens to be Martin's. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like mysticism. It's like magic adjacent. There's no real like. There's not like fireballs or like spells in this book, but like Kuni takes a sleeping potion, which is probably herbs or whatever. Yeah, and there are like mystic dreams where like a person will appear to someone or like talk to them. There's a moment where Martin like talks to Matthias in his head and like snaps him out of a yeah a hypnotic little haze. Yeah, when he goes to um get the sword from Asmodus, Asmodeus, yeah, the uh the snake. There's like a and I guess he's the snake is evil, but I, but I think he's just again looking out for himself. But at some point, um, the snake gets the sword, and so Matthias goes to fight him. And um, this is where again the size thing confused me. So the it snake was very gets, confusing. He, he's like this big. I don't know how big he is. Big viper. Um, and so he and the other shrew, right? The shrew, yeah. Yep. They get out between like some uh, tree roots wherever in this um, quarry, and the snake gets his head caught in between the roots. But I don't know how big the snake. Is. I just yeah, it's like <laughs> it's big enough for the plot to progress and yeah. small enough. <laughs> I was like, so like a shrew and a mouse get through, but the snake, the snake can get through. But they said the snake was huge, and I I just don't know. Yeah. Um, but the sword is big enough and sharp enough to hack the head off of off the, the yeah in one in one cut yeah uh, um, it's very unclear what the scale of the sword is yes yeah uh, in that moment I guess the Asmodeus has been known for like hypnotizing people with his eyes mm. and so Martin comes and like snaps him out of this um. Out of this uh, trance he's been in. Yeah. And he comes to having killed the snake. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild moment. Uh, and this is so... Yeah, there's a lot of um, ham-fisted... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, moments where I'm like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I was having a good time. Um, it's there fun. Is- it is fun. Um, and there's one part, so, and I think let's say it again. Methuselah says this to Matthias about the sword. So, like, there's only the one sword in Redwall. Yeah. Um, and it kind of reminds me, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like, almost like kind of a weapon safety moment, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so there's this cat. Is it Julian? Yeah, Julian is yeah. a squire cat that lives in a, a, in a barn uh, at the edge of like Mosswood Forest, and he helps um, Matthias. He want to call him Martin. Matthias gets the owl and then gets the quarry to get to the sword. Um, but he's like telling him he's like the spell. It like the sword isn't magic. Um, it's only can only be as good or as evil as whoever wields it. So if you're wielding it for good, then great. It's going to be a good sword. If you're wielding it for evil, you know, then it's going to be evil. So, like, this idea of, like, you have this power, 
and you also have this great responsibility and it do with it what you will but if you are evil then all of your tools will also be evil evil yeah uh and there's a, a big deal made out in some of the books that like no weapons are allowed in red ball abbey Mm-hmm. Um and so like the, the 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 this one sword is a big deal for them as well because it's like it's it was used to defend the abbey and also it's like the only weapon there in a realistic sense. Yeah, and it's hidden. They didn't like they have a tapestry of uh Martin with like the sword. So they know it existed, but they don't know where it is. But the, in all of Mosswood there's only one sword. Uh um, Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, they have like quarterstaffs and pikes and stuff like that, but those are all just like sticks that are sharpened, right? It's not. And Constance, uh... she did turn a, what is it, a candle snuffer into a giant arrow. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, honestly, like the ingenuity of these creatures to fashion weapons out of non weapons is wild. So there's like three captains. Uh, I think it's Jeff Squirrel, Basil, Saghair, mm-hmm. and um, Constance are like the three in charge of the Red Wall. Like the cavalry. Yeah. yeah. And so Constance decides that she is going to kill Clooney because if she kills him, then the war will be over. They have no one to follow her. She's not wrong. Um, so she decides to uh, create a giant bone arrow. What is it called? Not a. Nope. My brain is gone. I have to edit this out because I cannot remember what it. Um, no. <laughs> what's it <laughs> called? Oh no. What what is this? What's called? It's not a bow and arrow. Sling. Not a sling. It's like <laughs> slingshot. <laughs> no, it's like when you put a a bow into a. <sighs> it's like a slingshot. Wow, this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> I can't my brain. Um but it's like automatic bow and Crossbow? arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> the struggle. We got there. We oh my out. goodness, the struggle. Yeah. So she makes a crossbow essentially. Yeah. Out of a candle snuffer and like a piece of wood and some duck feathers and like tries to <laughs> kill Clooney from a distance, but ends up killing someone else in his horde but yes yeah because they they thought it was Clooney and they use yeah exactly there's a lot of tactics and strategy in this book they're not good tactics or strategy but there's a lot of it yeah (laughs) a lot of like making do with what we have and somehow they like never run out of food I guess yeah they have a lot of stores and I think they have like fields and stuff inside the abbey Oh, that makes sense. How many days does this whole thing last, do you think? Well, it took three weeks for Clooney to heal. Oh, right? yeah. Um, so my guess is, like, it's over four to six months. Wow. But maybe it's much shorter. Maybe it's, like, a month. I don't know. Or two months or whatever. I think also a lot of time is, like, sped through. Like, we don't watch Clooney heal for three three That's weeks, true. rather. Um, I think we just kind of like power through it. I think in the letter at the end, it's a season. Okay, the late rose summer war. So I think it happens over a summer. So I think they do three months. Yeah, that makes sense. They measure in seasons a lot in this. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's where the Lord of the Rings element comes in. It's like the feasts and poems and like mm-hmm. there's a lot of like pastoral scenes that are just like and then they ate a lot of food for four pages. They did. <laughs> I would love I might go back and read these again to see if they're recipes or recreate recipes from this book. That's my favorite thing as a kid. It was like reading books and they described the food, and I was like, yo, I want to try to make that, or I'd love to do this. There is a cookbook. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it is, but there is a cookbook. I, okay, I'm going to look for it, because I want to try <laughs> that vegetable soup that uh, sets off that fire, <laughs> that cornflour, yes. sets the fire with. Um, okay, that's good to know. I, we can use that for our cooking club. We'll I was going to say, we can, we can use it one week. It's like, I'm choosing the Red Hawk cookbook. <laughs> uh, Todd and I are, we're starting a cookbook club, which basically is you take one cookbook and everyone makes a dish from that cookbook and then we share it all together um, and everyone gets to pick one. So maybe for our pick, we'll pick some book-themed cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Trying to think. Anything else coming to um, mind for you? Anything else of note? Uh, I did just remember that there's only like this is the only book in the series with domesticated animals. Um, so there's like a cat and a horse in this one, and we don't see those ever again in the series. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, from there on out, it's just wild book. You can tell that like he's kind of figuring it out from here. Yeah. Feels very much uh, like a here's an idea for a book, and all of my things are here, and. Just go with it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. This is for kids. Don't think. <laughs> Don't think about it. Uh, we have a cat who is also a squire and doesn't eat mice. No. He just eats herbs and fish, which I'm like, I love this so much. <laughs> that cat is such a fun, weird little character. And comes out of nowhere. Literally, like, we're like... done with the book. And he's like, let me introduce two new characters. Yeah, completely (laughs) unnecessary, could be skipped characters. I was like, no, no, we're gonna, this is important. Is is it important? I don't think it was that important. (laughs) The book can't be 30 pages, Mo. That's true. (laughs) true. It did, uh, it does kind of suffer from the Marvel movie problem of like, oh, you thought that was the ending? (laughs) Here's more. Yeah. It's like he, Mar- uh, Martin, Matthias literally leaves to go find this sword. He meets the shrews, which we had like never heard of yep. until this moment. The shrews introduce him to the cat. Uh, the cat brings him to the owl. Yeah, the cat the goes owl to the owl. brings him to the snake. And we finally meet the snake. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, we could have just gone. It's fine. It's, it's a kid's book. I'm letting it go. It's yeah, gone. it's an adventure. He had to go yeah. on his hero's journey on his own. He did. And not stay back and defend the Abbey from the incoming tides of rats. Yeah. So, and that's, it seems like every time Matthias leaves, something awful happens. Yeah. So. um, He also never tells anyone he's leaving. No. He just disappears. And then someone has to like save him because he doesn't. I was like. Yeah. Bro. Uh, (laughs) But all the prophecies say he's the hero. So. And my prophecies, I mean a word jumble. Because it's not Matthias, it's... Uh, 
I am that is, I think. Yeah, I am that is. And they're like, oh, it's Matthias. I'm like, that is a stretch. That's a yeah. stretch. <laughs> that is a stretch. It sounds like some word garbage. You're like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if I was at a table like doing a riddle with someone, they're like, oh, I am that is. It's Matthias. I'm like, okay, let's put that in the list. And then like, let's just keep looking for a while and we'll call that plan B. Like, they're like like no no this is the answer right this here is I was the like, only thing this could be okay all right i feel like we're reaching but that's that's fine i'm gonna put i am that is into an anagram maker to see what else is in there yes <laughs> uh scramble tatamus mm-hmm. asthma it could be about asthma yeah okay there's not a lot of real words in here okay all okay, right so maybe matthias so maybe is, the is one. just matthias <laughs> They don't seem to have asthma as an issue, and uh, yeah, it's right come now. up a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, oh no, I had something in my brain. Oh, um, yeah. So when he goes to get this sword from the poison teeth from the viper, that's when Clooney and them finally get into the yeah, abbey. Yeah. Um, so they had, of course, uh, like they do, found these like family of like twenty field mice. Mm-hmm. Um, which again in my head seems smaller than everyone other mouse. Should be smallest. <laughs> I was like, they're so small. Um, and they get and yeah. the leader into the abbey. They get him like a little they give him the cloak of another dead mouse or dead creature. And he pretends to help like with the wall and then gets like lifted in. And then he lets in Clooney and his people. Um, you kind of saw I meant I kind of saw the ending happening when that moment happened. I was like, "Oh well, he's just gonna roll up with the sword, and they're gonna fight, and then the book is over." And then it happened, which is essentially what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, the abbot died. There's a new abbot, but essentially, like, yeah, there's a lot of death. A lot of death. Not so much on the red wall side, which I was Please happy go. about. But every yeah. time it happened, it was always a shock. Like, yeah, I was it's... always upset by it. Take their prisoners. Yeah. I also think like it does a good job of just being an adventure. Like it just like it like there's a lot of unnecessary stuff, sure, but like it's all for the romp of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I I, I imagine that meeting these at least the the shrews, I don't know if later on they could also be like world building things. We can come back and visit these people right. later on. Um because he was still writing these books up until like 2011 is the last yeah one? yeah uh and there is an entire book about the guasim i believe um in particular oh, i love that i was sad when she died yeah uh it's not about her unfortunately but it is about oh. um so uh oh the guasim is the, the guerrilla union of shrews and Mos- yeah yes the sh- union of shrews <laughs> We love a pro union adventure book. I honestly like <laughs> the fact that he slipped in like this pro union moment. I was like, yes. I was like, yes. Start them young. That's <laughs> right. Union. That made uh, me so happy. <laughs> he said, fuck Margaret. Uh, uh, he said, I don't like Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me throw some shrews about it. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, this is what it stands for. I was like, yeah, it does. Yeah. And then they're they're like, every decision they made was on union lines. And like, I was like, this is 
This is very well, good. And they're like, they literally speak in Russian accents. So like, and they call, they call themselves comrade. Oh my goodness. They do. Oh my goodness. How did I miss that? I saw the comrades. Yeah. The Russian accent makes so much more sense. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have to go back and look at that. That's they're so. They're little shrew communists. <laughs> oh my goodness. I hear that now. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. Um. There's one part in this that I got mad at Matthias when he's like, he tends to like, he has this like all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. And so he's not always very forgiving of people who like quote unquote cross him. So like when the shrews decided not to go with him into the quarry because per their union regulations, it's not in shrew land. And that was like (laughs) what they're like, documentation says and they had a big fight about it he like got up and stormed off or they were like they argue a lot well they do and then like they decided to go follow him afterward and like brought him food and like gave him a blanket and he was still giving the cold shoulder i was like Dude, they're there they're there <laughs> one of my least favorite ya tropes is uh impulsive constantly moody uh, and I feel like Matthias is a hundred percent that it's just like, oh, uh, oh, well, I guess you, that's fine then. You wouldn't understand anyway. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm the hero of this story, and I was like, okay, but it does avoid my least favorite trope, which is not talking about it. <laughs> that is true. Um, I he- hate, and it's every single YA book. It's just like. Oh, if I simply talk about the thing that I'm having an issue with right now, this problem will be solved immediately, but I won't do that. But the book can't be 30 pages, Todd. It, it can't, can't be 30, be 30 pages. pages. <laughs> it can't be 30 pages. It's true. And I do love that he um, does apologize when things are, when he does things wrong, like when, um, was it Warbeak, the little sparrow? Yeah, the sparrow um, king. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the the daughter of um, the niece of of um, King Donna, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, the one he he captures. Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, King Sparrow is the yeah, king. And the... Yes, and Warbeak is the niece. The niece. Yeah. That he like apologized to her for putting her on a leash. Yeah. Like, and was like, "This is awful." And then when it happens to him, he's like, "Oh, this is terrible. I'm never gonna do this again because this is." an awful thing I did to another creature. And I was like, good. Good. Yeah, it has a lot of, like, the the classic, like, uh, hero's journey stuff of, like, I meet these characters, I befriend them, they save me or I save them, and then later on they help us all out because yeah. we're friends now. Yeah, because the final battle, the sparrows were there, they, like, made, um, in the, I guess, like, post the war, they made friends with the bees, they have friends with the sparrows now. They're the all shoes like, are there. Yeah. 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 The shoes are there. They kind of expanded their community into like everyone, be- which I love. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, it'd be nice if they had room for people who maybe weren't of those. Of those specific species. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be cool yeah. if there weren't hard lines in the sand of what species are good and what species are bad. Yeah. Because again, we're personifying animals, so we can't really say who's good or bad. Yeah. Necessarily. Right. Every animal has their place. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
true. All right, so this book came out in 1986. Yep. It's now 2023. It's 37 you, years old. 37 years old. Do you think um, this book holds up this year? Would you give this gift to maybe a kid who was nine, who's looking for a new book? Would you recommend this book to them? I think if they were the kind of kid who enjoys like th- like this world kind of world, then yes, I think I would. Yeah. I think it holds up. Um, I think the the universe has its issues, but I think it's a fun read uh, and a, a universe worth visiting as a kid. Um, and it has, you know, like we talked on the, the like powerful women, etc. I think it like mm-hmm. has a respectful view of the world in a large way uh, outside of the racist species stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I think it's I think it's worth reading. I think even those that I agree, I I would also give it out as a gift. And I think even like with those issues with species, it's a good place to like have a conversation about yeah. about that, right? It's not so deeply problematic that it's a like a thing to be avoided. It's just the kind of thing where it's like, hey, what do you have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. I think so it's a good conversation think- point about how we perceive stuff because as yeah. a kid I don't think I necessarily realized even that like it's always good or bad and like I think it's yeah it'd be a great conversation point yeah um and it's hard you know it is about community and like people being peaceful and only fighting when they have to and um this idea that like as a group we can come together and defeat something that is horrible is something that we need desperately right now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad message. Uh, yes, it's like very much black and white uh, in terms of like good versus evil. But this idea that like even though most of us are <laughs> different species, uh, we can still come together as a community and build something better. Even after like the war is over, they're still working together and commuting, which yeah. I really love a lot. So. And like learning when to fight is so valuable. Yes, yes. Because even Matthias was so eager to fight. Even the abbot was like, you know what? We're gonna wait until we know what's going on. Yeah. And then even then, most of their stuff was more defensive, but still, you know, except for Constance <laughs> and her long range arrow. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a. <laughs> uh badgers go into a blood rage it's a whole thing okay okay great that's a precursor to other things <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah i agree i think that um i would give this book out if there's a kid who's like into like fantasy into animals um i think it'd be a nice fun read and keep them occupied for a while because this book is over 300 pages long yeah, it's a it's a good dive for kids, and it's a big series out there to go into. Uh, yeah, and like you said, especially if they're into like animals, um, mm-hmm. which I was, or if they in any way feel like they wish they were an animal, which I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is a great series for that kind of escape. Yeah, and it's a great reminder because I know that there are some, we'll say fandoms, that are a little mm-hmm. more problematic. Mm-hmm. That there are some from the from older times that still hold up that we can like give to give to our, our youths as a resource yeah. thing to dive into. So feels good. Yeah. I like that. Well, uh, thank you, Todd. Thank uh, you. This was a lovely conversation. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thank you yeah, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, until next time, happy reading.
Yay! <laughs>